Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us today to go into the Word of God and continue our studies on kingdom living. And I'm going to give you a couple of ways to reach us. First, uh, with Pastor, through email rather, Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com. Again, through email, Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com. And also by, uh, by mail at uh, Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia. 30061. Again, Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 523. I'm sorry, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. All right, let's go now again. But we go back uh, in our first teachings. We talked last uh, time about uh, kingdom citizenship, and we're going to continue that and go a little further. So today, again, I'm going to uh, continue to talk about about kingdom citizenship and what it means to us. And in knowing this, the first thing is that as a, as a kingdom citizen, we must have our identity in Christ. And what I mean by that is, is that we don't place our reference on what's happening around us. As I talked last time, uh, Jesus spoke up in John, uh, John uh, 14 chapter about, he said, let not the heart be, be troubled. Believe ye in God, believe also in me. And he begins to talk about the mansions that he's preparing for us. But not only that, he also talks about a time when there will be wars and rumors of wars. And I believe that's Matthew 24 and about the things that were going to come upon us in the latter days. Some to uh, Jerusalem would happen in AD 70, and even in our day where there are things were going to happen. But yet he continually told us to say, let not your heart be troubled. Fear not. And these are the things, again, that Satan desires. And he has captured many of us uh, where we see stuff on things on the news and on the radio, on the Internet, uh, through wherever you want to name it, uh, even through movies. Now, you know, you see uh, movies almost seem to be foretelling. You know, I can remember back in the uh, 90s and 2000s where they talked about these great plagues are going to come and how that uh, uh, there's going to be great effort to find uh solutions for how to stop the plagues or stop the virus and they would have the entire if not most if not the uh uh 50 to 60 70 percent of the earth being destroyed but i want to tell you uh scripture does not say that the earth is going to be destroyed by a virus god said it's going to burn with a fervent heat now some of you uh, who are maybe bible readers and maybe not and you may uh, uh want to squash that as some would say and say nah that's not going to happen but I want to tell you, the earth will not be destroyed by global warming. It will not be destroyed by famine. It not will be destroyed by uh, a virus. But all of these things uh, may have some effect. And some of it may be naturally occurring where the earth is uh, at an age where or in, in this time. And I would also want to say that the evil that's in the world, the Bible says all of creation is groaning, waiting on the, the manifestation of the sons of God. Because of there's so much stuff going on, lack of a better word, sin would be a better word, but there's so much evil that's happening in the world today where everywhere we turn, there's murders, there's kidnappings, there's wars, there's uh, so many we turn around where people are, you know, they want to, you know, you just want about your daily lives and, and, and we hear children and babies being shot. Uh, indiscriminately, where you know, bullets just sprayed in homes and sprayed on cars just because someone may have on the wrong color hat or wrong color shirt, or you're in a, uh, 
Some would say the wrong neighborhood, wrong place, wrong time. But I want to tell you today, the kingdom of God is within you. We have the power and the authority to walk as kings in the earth. And I, when I say kings, I mean male and female. We can walk as kings and we can occupy and do those things what God has designed and has spoken over us. There are some things that God has spoken over our lives. And I believe it's going to come to pass if, if Jesus delays his coming and we can walk and demonstrate Christ. That's what the Lord would have us to do is to demonstrate, not just to have be as with other religions or other faith. Um, you know, you know, they have their black book. We have ours. But what we as believers uh, should be displaying is the demonstration of the power of the very Holy Spirit that dwells on the inside of us. So today, again, we're going to talk about uh, kingdom living and we're going to start out in the book of First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, um, chapter number five, verse 17. First Thessalonians five. Oh, yes, I five. I'm sorry. First Thessalonians five, twenty three. And this is Paul talking to the Thessalonian uh, Thessalonica church, Thessalonican church. If I can say that. <laughs> and uh uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Paul's talking to the church. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again. This is Paul talking to the Thessalonians. 5.23, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So some may say, well, preacher, why are you starting with this scripture and we're talking about kingdom citizenship? For I want to tell you, our very spirits are even now having the ability to enjoy our kingdom citizenship. And we're going to read scriptures later on where it talks about how that uh, as Christ is, as over uh, in the book of John, so are we in this life, in this world. But what Paul is saying here now is we and being able to for us to be able to identify ourselves, we cannot just look at the natural man, which is the body. What our focus should be on the completed man, which is the spirit. The soul is what um, Paul talked about in the Romans, Romans one and two, where he says that uh, he, he talks about how that we must be we must allow the word to be manifest in our lives. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, rather, which is your uh, which is your reasonable service. Then he goes on to say, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, we see here in the 23rd verse, Paul says in uh, 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 this uh, fifth chapter, and the 23rd verse, he says, your spirit, soul, and body. Now, if we're three parts and we're saved and we are one with Christ, then I, if we're all one with Christ, why do we have to be, uh, why do we have to be transformed? What's being transformed is our soul. Our soul is where our mind, will, and emotions are. Our spiritual man is the one that's one with Christ. Um. If we'll read over in, in Corinthians 5.17, it talks about how that 
Let me read that before I before I missed. I want to make sure I quote it correctly. But in 2 Corinthians 5.17, just give me a, um, just a couple of clicks to get there. 2 Corinthians uh, 5 and 17. And it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, we just read in uh, Thessalonians where it says that uh, we have a spirit, soul, and body. Over here in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So what passed away and what's new? If you look in the mirror and if you got saved during this broadcast and you confess Christ as your Savior, you uh, um, receive the Holy Spirit during this broadcast. One hour from now, you're going to look the same. One day from now, you're going to look the same. One week from now, you're going to look the same. Why? Because the outer man does not change. What changed was the inside man or your spirit. He is the one. God has given us a new spirit, a new spirit now. The spirit of God resides on in, you, in you. That's why Corinthians says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That spirit, spirit man is in, in us. Now that spirit, which is in us now, desires the thing of God. Yes, we have to learn. That soul has to learn and be modified or be uh, transformed by the reading of the word, by meditating on the word. And this which will, will solidify and establish our foundation in God. If you want to uh, establish and solidify and be rooted and grounded, as the scripture says, then you've got to have a foundation of the word. How does that come? Let me tell you. It comes by us uh, meditating on the word, reading it. Uh, um, I've heard some some examples of it, just like a cow. So the cow has, uh, I believe, two stomachs, where it says he'll, the cow will chew the grass and swallow it. Then it, he will regurgitate and swallow it and, 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 and chew it again, get all the nutrients out of it and, and uh, swallow it. And what I'm trying to tell you is for us to be rooted and grounded in the word, What's got to be renewed is our mind. And we change that. This is what happens effortlessly where we don't you don't have to worry about uh, trying to uh, be like your neighbor or be like the pastor or be like a mother. You got you got to be you. Psalms uh, 39 says 139, 139 says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you an individual with your own identity, with your own DNA, with your own uh, uh, eye and its, and, its, uh, and its presence in your body. There's nothing about your DNA that's like anyone else that has been or ever will be on this planet. So what I'm saying to you about being uh, about our kingdom citizenship is that we have to no longer focus on the natural man or the carnal man. That's man that we can see, taste, hear, and feel. You can feel it, your body. You can, you know, you can, you know, if you taste it, you'd be salty or whatever you rubbed on your skin. But my whole point is that as we think about what we are, what I'm talking to you about today is our kingdom citizenship is based on our identity in Christ. No, I didn't change on the outside the day I got saved. But what changed me, what changes you, it's what the, the very spirit of God that dwells on the inside of you. 
When you received Christ, he forgave you of past, present, and future sin. So you no longer have to focus on trying to be something that you are not. What we focus on is the word of God. And the word of God changes you. He's the one. Christ in, this is what the, uh, the writer said, Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's why Paul said that we, he said, I live in Galatians 2.20. I live by the faith of the son of God. It's not even your faith. It's the faith that God has imparted in you. So when we get our focus off of our failures, when we get our focus off of what we did last year or what could happen tomorrow, and we start now focusing on the kingdom that's inside of us, what God has already deposited within our spirit, what God has already given to us by the uh, death, burial, and resurrection of his son, only what we have to do is to concentrate on just on, on and have our focus on what did the Bible say? What has God already established in me? What has God already said about me? For it doesn't matter what's in the papers. It doesn't matter what's on the radio. It doesn't matter what's on the television. It doesn't matter what's on the internet. It's what do you believe? Do you believe you are the righteousness of God? Do you believe you are blessed and highly favored? Do you believe that God still heals? Do you believe that God desires to prosper you? Or are you just... Uh, all these years been spouting off uh, Galatia, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. It's what we believe. And beloved, I'll speak to you today by all that's within me. Stay in faith. What does Hebrew says? Now, faith is the subject of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't touch faith, but faith will manifest itself if you will have Faith in the promises of God. Now, what I will say is this. You must have faith in what grace has provided for us. Grace has, has provided for us in salvation. Our deliverance, our salvation, our prosperity, our healing. These things are in salvation. If you looked up the root word which is of salvation, which is sozo, you will find out that these meanings are there. So what I'm telling you as a kingdom citizen, we have to know what has God already provided, not what he will do, but what God has done. See, it's one thing to uh, to try to take something from, for me to try to take something from you to, to, and, and possess it for myself because you have ownership. Because when you have ownership, the law used to say possession is nine tenths of the law. So if it's in your possession, so the only thing you got to do is keep it. And that establishes ownership. It's just like you have you're in your house and you're an occupation occupant of it, and you walk in and some stranger is sitting on your couch or with their feet up on your table. And first thing you will say, hold up. I pay rent here. I pay the note. This is my car. Why are you in my car? This is my car. You call the police, you call the uh whatever you need to do to get them evicted. Why? Because they are not the legal owner. You are. And see, this is where we are as kingdom citizens. We are the owners of prosperity. Uh, we are the owner of our deliverance. We are the owner. God has already provided these things for us. And if we will be established in the word, he will show himself strong for us. And see, many of us, we've gotten, you know, we've sown a seed in bad ground. We've poured into uh, uh, 
uh, ministries and poured into preachers and been deceived. We've seen deceivers in our day. We've seen millions been wasted. How people, you know, they had one brother had a twelve thousand uh, dollar uh, air conditioned dog uh, house for his dog. Others, you know, they've been caught in all kind of uh, uh, schemes and been caught, you know, uh, uh, lying, using and, and, and misusing the gift of prophecy. When people now, they don't want to hear prophecies. Many pastors have cut it off. They don't want that in their church. They don't want the prophet. They don't want the, uh, the apostle or bishop because they've been burned. And this is what, because the Bible, we need as the body of Christ, we need the fivefold ministry operating in, our, in the house of God. We need the apostle the pastor, the ministry, the uh, the minister, rather, the evangelist, the teacher. We need all of the gifts to be operating because they are part of the body of Christ. And it doesn't mean that your church can't uh, be successful, but when you have all the gifts operating, then you have all of your senses. Just think about it. If you miss, were missing one of the fingers on your hand, you could still operate. You could do things. But when you cut off some of those fingers of the hand, which is my example today, if you lose your, uh, your, your, your pinky finger or your, your thumb, you still can function, but you are limited. Let's take the limits off of God and the power of God and the word of God moving through us. And as kingdom citizens, we must have knowledge of the word. For this is what the enemy desires to do. This is the way he moves us out and gets us away from the family of God. Scripture says, fail not to assemble yourselves together as some do. Now, again, I understand the ravages and the evilness of, of COVID, which have killed pastors and bishops and ministers and mothers and children all, all over the earth. But children of God, people of God, let's come together by faith, by faith. Don't limit yourself to just what happened yesterday and get lazy as the things open up and say, well, you know what? Been working for me for working, been working good for me, staying at home. Been working good for me. Uh uh watching on television or watching it on video. But I'm gonna tell you, it's not the same being in church as it is on video now. If that's all that you have, if you are limited by health or you're limited by distance, I understand that. But when the church is right down the street, come on now. We must come together as a family. And I'm talking about churches all over this United States, all over the world, and come and worship again because that's what the enemy desires is to keep us separated. Not only by uh, by disease, but by race, but by uh, nationality, whatever he can do to keep separ church separated. But I'm here to tell you, Christ is coming again. He's coming soon. We see the signs of the time. Let's finish this out with a flourish. Jesus is coming back for his bride. And I want to tell you, I've been to a few uh, weddings. I've ministered some. I've been a, a, party of, a part of others. I've sat out in the audience in, in others. And I've never seen a bride come out, of, out into the audience and be presented to the church or be presented to the uh, gathering place, and she's not prepared. That every hair is in place, every everything about her dress, everything about her, her uh, makeup, everything is perfect. Because that's her wedding day. And that's what the Lord is wants to not only wants to do, will do for the body of Christ, for those who will allow the power of God and the word of God to have free course. Free course means we take the limits off of him. 
Free course means we recognize who we are in the spirit. We recognize that we are not the uh, 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 the tail. We're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. We are the first and not the last. Doesn't mean we come to Lord over anyone. But what we do know is we know in who we are. We know the God and who we believe. And we will not take a, a second best from Satan anymore. We take back the territory. We go back to the places where the world says, oh, pff, church can't operate here. Yeah, we run for office. We become the doctor, the lawyer, the judge, and whatever else, the teacher, the the, the uh, whatever. We become the pastor that 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 upholds the word of God and who's a loving man or woman of God. We become and 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 shows and exemplifies a true prophet, a true apostle, a true bishop, one who loves God's people. That's what God is looking for. And not only that, but we also become that member. Uh, that loves on the body of Christ. Christ, that's a family. See, that's what the church is. It's a family. And not only that, let's go closer. It's a body. And when you're walking around the house and you just hit the smallest member of your body, you want it probably your small toe, your little toe on your on your foot, and you mess up, and you accidentally kick it, it's as though shock waves go from your head to your toe. And it's a little member. That's how the body should be, where we love each other and we care for each other. But that's how God sees us. We are a bride. We are the his children who he cares for. And he invested everything in us being saved, in us being in uh, uh, the body, going about doing the things that are required in these last, last days. Let's go now to the scripture. Let's go to, um, again, to um, 2 Peter 1. 2 Peter, we're going to talk more about what God has already done. This is Paul talking uh, uh, talking to the church. 2 Peter, first chapter, second verse. 2 Peter, first chapter, second verse. Paul says, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. There's so many. In the body today, where things have happened, loved ones have, have died, finances are low, are gone, friendships are broken, marriages are broken, children are gone away. Uh, you name it, it's happened. But Paul, Peter here speaks to the church and says, the grace of God, the peace of God be multiplied. He just doesn't say that God will give you. He said God will multiply unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. How? According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Think about it. Uh, everything that pertains unto your life and to your godliness. Your godliness comes through Christ. It comes through the spirit. When you got saved, love, joy, peace, goodness, meekness, faith, long-suffering, you name it, it was put in you. What we have to do is, is to allow the fruit of the spirit to grow in us and through us. That's what Paul, uh, uh, that's what the, the, the man of God said, that I pray for me, that the word of God have free course. See, when the Lord word of God have free course, you can love your enemy. You won't despise your ex-husband or ex-wife. 
You won't hate your mother-in-law or father-in-law. You will, you will love people who are unlovable. And you will pray and forgive them for things they did to you even before they before if they never apologize. That's what that's how we allow the, the, the goodness of God to grow in us. He said he will multiply all these things to us. And when we're talking about life, God will not allow you if you if you God will put it this way, God will allow what you allow. You can sit, God has said, I've given you all things. So in other words, he's saying, I'm putting it here. Come and get it. I don't know about you all, but I remember as a, as a child and, and it being at home with mom and, and, and my brothers and sisters, that when food was ready, when dinner was, was, was prepared, the one thing you knew, that when mom said, come and eat, don't be late. And so what I'm saying now is that God has given everything to us. Take what's yours. Know that many, but there are times when we have to learn how to operate in the spirit and how to operate in, in, in the body of Christ. Yes, there are times that you got to, uh, you have to sow. The Bible says, even for friendship, that it says, let me check, this is a way of sowing. He said, um, if, you, if you want friends, I'm paraphrasing, show yourself friendly. If you're lonely and you want people, you know, if you want a friend, you want somebody to hang out with, show friend, be friendly to someone else. Show love, be concerned, show care, you know, and, and just open yourself up. Because in the body of Christ, we, we are hurt and you will be hurt. But don't be so quick to take offense. But allow, allow God to use you to love somebody else. So it goes on to say uh, in the third verse, he says, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him that has called us to the glory and virtue. That knowledge of Christ comes from us reading the scripture, meditating in the word and realizing that I'm not that man. I'm not that woman I used to be. Who I see in the mirror may be the same, but my inside man is just like Jesus right now. I'm just like Christ. And let's let's go to uh I believe it's in 1 John 2:20. Let's go. Let's um uh, no, I, that's I believe it's 1 John 4:17. 1 John 4:17. Let's see if we can get there real quick. 1 John 4:17. And it talks about how that how we are. And we read earlier about how that um that that when and we we are joined, we are one with God. We are one we are one with Christ rather. We are one with him. We are one with him. This is 1 John uh, 4, 17. It says, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because as he is, so are we in this world. I believe I read that earlier. As he is, so are we in this world. However Jesus is today, we can walk in victory. We can walk in prosperity. We can walk in peace. We can have peace in our marriage. You can have peace in your home. You can have peace on the job. The, the Bible says when the man waits, please the Lord, even his enemies will be at peace with him. God can call your enemies, cause them to walk in peace with you. But again, 
we must come to a point to where we look into God and not our, our job. That we are thankful for what God has already done for us, even when things aren't. See, everybody can praise God when the promotion comes, when the uh, uh, when you get when you when you're married, when uh, to get the new car. All oh, those are joyful times. But will you praise God in the midst of turmoil? Will you praise God and say, Lord, I thank you. I don't know how this. I know you're going to bless me, and it's going to turn out. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I trust you. That's faith. Faith is trusting that God will do what He said. That's what faith is. And we just read in 1 John that as he is, so are we in this world. You are not what you used to, who you used to be. God has not forgotten you. Beloved, remember, Christ gave his life when we were yet sinners. Before you ever said, Lord, forgive me. Jesus loved you before you got saved. You didn't, he didn't, he didn't, uh, God didn't save us because we were so good. We were so perfect. He said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that's why I say God has forgiven our past, present, and future sins. Somebody said, what do you mean? You're talking heresy. I'm going to ask you, when did Jesus die? 2,000 years ago. So everything that you've done in your life was in the future. If he couldn't forgive future sins, then you are not forgiven. I'm not giving people a license to sin. People sin without a license. Nobody needs a license to sin. But what you do need is the blood of Jesus Christ, which he shed for you. And if we will hook on to the word of God and recognize it's Christ in me. Forget about what happened last year and know He's here right now to deliver. I thank you again for joining us today in Journeys in Grace. Until we meet again, be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.